Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Joining me tonight, we got Devin. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm Devin. We also have Rob. If you'd like to say anything now, again. Hey, everybody. I'm Rob. (laughs) And we also have somebody who is lurking in the shadows, I see, who might chime in if you want to now, Avalos. I guess he's going to stay in the shadows for now. Okay. Well, you heard how you treat people when they talk. Yeah, especially during the intro. <laughs> you know, I almost paused there as soon as I said, oh, you know, welcome back to another episode. And I was going to cut. And I was going to say, Rob, do you have anything you'd like to say now? <laughs> uh, for the listeners at home, you know, I don't edit. So I have one rule. Don't talk during the intro music. Rob broke that rule again. I didn't think you were recording the intro music. I thought we were waiting for Devin. <sighs> Rob, it's almost like you're new to this. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so we have a couple things that we're going to talk about tonight. We we watched a movie this week. We watched uh, VFW? No. Yes. Yep. VFW. I don't have much to say about the movie, honestly. I mean- it brought up a lot of memories for for you. No, okay, so okay, let me get the let me let me clarify something because it has been kind of through some commentary that we had when we watched the movie, uh, but it has been misconstrued as Devin's been saying, "Oh, this has been bringing back a lot of traumatizing events." I know it's not. I know it's not childhood trauma. I, I was just really joking. It's just it uh, the yesteryears of little Webby running around murdering. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, with a fire axe, just killing, you know, druggies. Um, no, like, I, I was saying... Is that like, what happens at the Firebird Hotel, Webby? The one thing... Oh, God, we don't talk about the Firebird Hotel? <laughs> Man, I don't even think it's actually called that anymore. I think they finally changed it. I, I, I'm, next time I go into town, I'll have to look. But, God, no, that that place is... Whew, it is bad. Um... That place is worse than the I think it was it the cozy cozy eight or the cozy seven or something like that. It's up one of the side streets here too. I've had to stay at that one. That one's not great, but it's it's definitely no Firebird Motel. Um, <laughs> no, okay. So the one thing I do have to say about VFW, they get an A for dialogue because when you're watching this movie. It's not even like it doesn't even sound like there's like poorly written dialogue. It literally just sounds like the director told a bunch of vets to sit in this bar and just shoot the shit until he says cut. Like it's 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 pretty naturally flowing, with the exception of Lizard. Fuck that chick. Um, <laughs> it's it's otherwise pretty naturally flowing when like all of the all of the vets are talking to each other. And I can appreciate that. And, and like I had mentioned during the movie when we were watching and they were just sitting there drinking at the bar and telling stories. 
like I had chimed in and like it's it was literally like I had I had major deja vu. Like I have been in this situation before, sitting at a bar uh, as a child, <laughs> listening to older people talk. Um, so I mean, it kind it kind of brought back a lot of memories. And then they like, they started talking about like the drug the drug addicts and like some of how they acted. And I mean, sadly, that also brought back some memories of you know childhood memories of seeing some adults in my life at the time doing similar things. None of them went crazy and started like chopping limbs off people. Um, I'm, I want to say I'm fairly certain I saw somebody lose a finger once. Oh Jesus. Uh, I don't remember if it was just to like a knife. I want to, I almost want to say it was like a dog bit it off. I don't remember (laughs) now. It was a long time ago. Like my parents used to have like pig roasts. Um, in the summertime Fair. and we would have, there would be like, I'm talking, I was like little, I was like knee high. Right. And there'd be like yeah. 40 to 70 people at these things at our house. And it's just like, I've seen nightmare some, right now in real life. <laughs> seen some crazy shit. It was just That's Webby's nightmare in real life. Just 40 people showing up at his house. Um, looking, now, looking yes. For a good time. yes, yes. <laughs> Nowadays. Yes. Uh, the older I get, the less I want people physical interaction in my area. <laughs> like I don't want people around me. <laughs> He's like, I'll come to you. Yeah, you stay uh, away from me. Yeah, I'll come you, to you. You guys host the party. I'll RSVP is coming, and then I'll find a reason not to. So that's 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 my real life. I do remember at one of the uh, one of the pig roasts specifically. Uh. God, I, I don't know how old I was. I, I was old enough to be, like, beheld. Like, my dad was holding me at the time. I remember that. And there was... I don't remember I don't remember their name. It's probably good that I don't say names on, on here anyway. But somebody had called my mom the C-word. And you don't have to ask me why, but I knew at that... You even at that age... No... Uh, Your dad got so upset he, he no, used you. It in a wasn't. Club. It wasn't even him. <laughs> like I knew at that age already because of previous things that have happened in my life already that that was like a big no no. Like that was like <laughs> that was a big no no. So I asked my dad to walk to carry me over to him, and he did. And I punched the guy right in the fucking snot box. <laughs> I just reared back and fucking nailed him one. It was one of the greatest feelings of my life. I'm very protective of my mother. So the only person who gets to yell and, and scream and fight with her is me. So, well, otherwise, okay. So VFW, it's I mean, from a, what I've heard, and your dad. Well, my dad, my dad just kind of <laughs> yells and talks loud in general. <laughs> like even when like he's like they're five feet apart from each other and they're both. It sounds like they're both screaming at each other. It's just because I think they're both deaf. <laughs> or I think my mom thinks my dad's hard of hearing, so she raises her voice, but she's always talked like that. So she I think she just thinks the whole family's deaf. Like she just <laughs> makes her voice be the loudest in the room. And like several times I've had to turn around and be like, yo, indoor voices, parents, indoor voices. Like it's bad. Um but VFW, so this movie, it's it's literally, that's all it is. It's a bunch of vets sitting in a VFW, drinking, 
a girl barges in because she stole the drugs from a drug dealer who conveniently is housed across the parking lot. Well, part of the reason she barges in is because her sister filled her boobs with Kool-Aid and jumped off a balcony. Yeah, okay, so gratuitous gore, by the way, because this chick fucking lands on the part on the on the pavement and just explodes. Picture if you could picture the Kool-Aid guy filled <laughs> obviously with Kool-Aid jumping and face planting on pavement and what what that would actually do if he were made out of glass. That was a similar view of what we got. We just see this body hit pavement and just this flood of Kool-Aid splash out from underneath her. It's gross. I don't know. It, like, I'm not a fan of these types of movies where it's just like over the top senseless gore. Um, but yeah. Anyway, premise: girl runs into VFW with backpack full of drugs. Druggies come chasing after her. The vets feel compelled to save her. So, what's the first guy do? Shoot one of them with a double barrel shotgun and literally blows his whole torso. Well, well, well. To be fair, to be fair, that was after. He blew his head off completely, but that was after head, the gun. More than his head, dude. Half his torso went just exploded. That was that was after he ran. The guy ran in with an axe and took an axe to his friend who was just outside trying to smoke a joint. True. I mean, you're <laughs> not wrong, but still. Um, and then they chased off the the bigger one because he ends up coming back. Uh, but then it's just like all these druggies and drug addicts. Literally waging war on this small VFW that's across the parking lot from them. So anytime they try to go outside to get to their truck, one of them gets attacked and fucking killed in the parking lot, and then they have to run back in. Then they they make makeshift weapons. Uh, like one of the guys makes um, takes a small piece of wood or whatever and puts three nails in it. So he has like really really small Wolverine claws. Like really small, like he they, right. they weren't even like long as nails. They were right. just. Do you know who the main guy was? Like the main VFW guy. Do you Fred, know who he Fred was? Fred the bartender. Yeah, like the main guy. You know who he was? No. He he, he played the colonel in um uh, in Avatar, like the like the big like enemy guy. In, oh okay. In, in yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 yeah. He played the colonel. <laughs> All right. I okay. I can see that then. Yeah. So I mean, he's seen some shit. He was on now, a, like he was exactly. on a war now, planet with a bunch of blue aliens. Now in my head cannon, that was the war he was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now they're fighting over this blue drug. No, fuck that. This yeah. guy's tired of the color blue. All right, he's seen enough. <clears throat> he was also in Mortal Engines. We're not going to talk about that movie. I've never seen it. It's bad. Um, I like Mortal Legends. I don't know if it's as bad as this movie. This movie was objectively bad. Like This movie I, was objectively bad, but you, also not bad. I will it, tell it, you, Donnie weird, fell asleep weird. during this movie. Well, Donnie he fell asleep hated this movie. Like, he told me earlier today, he fucking hated this movie. He, he thought this movie was garbage. <laughs> and I kind of want him to watch Life After Beth and tell me which one is worse. Uh, I, I, I honestly Beth. feel he'll Life think that Beth. VFW is worse. Life After Beth, for one reason only, because Life After Beth attempts to be a good movie. Life After Beth has better people acting in it. <laughs> it, has, it has three good actors in it. That has that. That's no, kind of hold debatable. on. Let me let me rephrase. It has two good actors and somebody who's really good at playing the same thing over and over again. That's my debatable. girl Aubrey Plaza. That's very debatable. Hey, John C. Riley and Molly Shannon, they're good. Aubrey, 
Plaza could have played Lizard. Yes. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Robert you could have got rid of Lizard in chick. general, but I got you. I think the knife chick, Yeah, the knife chick. Aubrey Plaza could have played the knife yeah. chick. Yeah. Um, just because of the, the little dialogue that she had and like her facial expressions. To be fair, I would like to point out that this was not a movie that I picked specifically. It was a movie I showed Webby the trailer for it. The trailer made like, it look a lot better than it was. I feel it's not like a Devin pick movie, but also going into I... this, because I will say the movie looks like it was filmed in 1980. It was, I think it was filmed. I think it was filmed. It was an, it, I don't know if it's an actual 16 millimeter, but it was filmed. When you showed me the trailer, I legitimately thought this movie was from the eighties. Um, then yesterday when we watched, you told me it was, it was 2019. And that just made it worse. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think this movie was filmed. Uh, it might have been filmed. Was it filmed on on 16 millimeter, or was it just filmed with with a filter? I think it was filmed. Well, regardless, wasn't great. Um, what I recommend? So what I recommend people watch it. If you've seen yeah. Assault on Precinct 13, if you've seen Assault on Precinct 13. It's effectively a a basically that movie, but in a more like grindhouse style film. Which I mean, I've told you Which? so many times that I'm not a fan of the grindhouse thing. Right, and I get keep, that. They you were, keep this, getting me to no, watch. No, no, no. This wasn't tagged as a grindhouse <laughs> movie. Like I realized it was after the fact, but that wasn't what it was. Like I said, I just saw the trailer. I was like, oh, this looks interesting, and I was like. I, I popped over to you, and you were like, "Oh yeah, this is interesting." That's because the trailer something. does make it look inter- interesting. Yeah, but I when Kool Aid Girl blows her tits blood out all over the pavement, yeah. it's just like, "Well, okay, this is this type of movie, yeah, I guess." I'm, not, I'm just fair. gonna kind of stare at the screen fair. for the next hour and a half. Fair. I mean, <sighs> I think the I think the first person here who gave it they gave it a five and a half out of ten. And they said it's hobo with a shotgun meets the Expendables. That's a that is a fair equivalency. Yeah, but see, I didn't I didn't mind hobo with a shotgun. You didn't mind the concept of hobo with a shotgun. No, because I've seen hobo with a shotgun. I didn't mind it, but I just I don't feel like it's the same as this. I don't know. I maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering hobo with a shotgun. I've seen a lot of movies between then and now, so. Um. I mean, Hemi Carrot with the shotgun is 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 a grindhouse movie. Well, um, all right. So, D- Devin, what do you have to say about this movie? Um, I mean, not you. Pretty much covered it. I mean, it, it it the movie is legitimately what you get on the cover. Like, it's legitimately a bunch of vets in a VFW basically fighting off like vaguely supernatural meth tweakers. Yeah, they're like zombies. And then, yeah, I mean, it, and then it has just a bunch of old movie tropes. Like, if, and, and that's really it. Like, a bunch of old movie tropes, like, cars randomly exploding for no reason. I, yeah. Uh, it has, like, your ultra violence. I mean, it's not a bad movie, but it's not a good movie. Like, that's the yeah, thing. Okay. I guess this is, I'll put it this way. Movie is, this movie is totally fine. If you, if you put this movie on and you want to be like, you want to watch a movie and, like, distract you from the world. This isn't the movie for that. Like you're not. There's nothing in this movie that's gonna like engross you in this movie. Um, this movie is totally fine to put on and like do other shit. Yeah. Like, like okay, that, I'll give you so that. that. 
Yeah, it's a it's a fine movie. You put on the movie, you do other shit, you look over every like five minutes, you're like, oh okay, he's still alive, cool. Yeah, and then you go on with your day. Like that's kind of what the movie is. Like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not gonna say it's good because it's not. Um, but I mean, it's a totally like it's it's a it's a solid background noise movie. I'm not even gonna say it's like a popcorn flick, like just a movie you just put on some popcorn and just kind of turn your brain off because it's not even it's kind of not worth that. I will say there were a couple. A couple of things. Well, there's really only one scene in particular that I really laughed about that I liked. Was it? Was it? Was it the black guy starting yep. a bunch of coke? Yep. When they were about <laughs> to get sieged, and the black guy's just like, "He was kind of the best part." I'm going out like this. Don't and- stop me! And he just takes literally both his hands, digs it into this brick of whatever drug this is, brings it to, uh, to uh, a hand, two handfuls to his face. And just slams it in his face. Blue dust goes everywhere the whole nine. The very next scene you see him in, perfectly clean. His nose is a fucking goddamn Kirby. It just sucked all that fucking blue shit up his nose. There was not anything left on him. Fred Williamson, man. Um, I will say this movie was filled to the brim with continuity issues from scene to scene. And I don't know if they did that on purpose. That's this, the part that really this, gets I me. will say this. This is one of those movies where why well, I said it's so bad. Like it it's bad. And it but it's like good, but also really bad. Like it's not a bad movie, it's not a good movie. Um, but I will say this. I again, I would say the dialogue is great, like oh, what yeah. you mentioned earlier. I give it and an A for also dialogue. in terms of like cinematography, I honestly can't tell if the movie is trying to be bad or if it is if it is just Right, and Bad. that goes that goes along the same lines of like the cotton back to the continuity issues. Right, I don't know, right, right. I don't so know if they're doing I can't this tell if it's, if it's trying to be bad or if it is right. just kind of like some things were just over like oversighted. If they like, were oversight, which, if it was an oversight thing, they oversighted a lot. Right, but, which you can say is um like you could say it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like you could say that could be a I could be both a check in like the positive and the negative column. Like you'd be like, well, I mean, they 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 did their job, or you you can't tell if it they was trying to be bad. Um, although I do like that guy because he played Frost in uh, the original from Dust Till Dawn, and I love the original from Dust Till Dawn. Right but sidebar. sidebar. Also, yeah. fucking what's his nuts? The mailman from Cheers. They should have just killed the girl originally. Like that, or give the girl back originally. Like, soon as she came in, just pushed her ass back outside with the with the fucking bag. Yep, and just closed the door. One hundred percent. Like that's what they should have did. One hundred percent. She 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 was the she was the worst character by far. I will say the only reason I feel like they didn't is because their buddy got hit with dead axe. Yeah. So yeah. they they felt the need to fucking hunker down and fucking just <laughs> annihilate a bunch of druggies. Um. But yeah, no, Lizard for sure would have just tossed her ass back out on the fucking pavement. Bag and all. Yep. Yep. Lizard Lizard was uh by far the worst character in my yep. Agreed. And then there's like this scene where so like the head bartender guy, the 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 the, the leader, he's been like the, essentially the platoon leader in this whole thing. He's kind of given up because he's yeah, been he, he's, he's, he's sitting he's been on like, the toilet drinking. He's been axed like numerous times. He's been shot. Like, yeah, like they've at this point they've all been through a really rough time tonight over the course of one evening, and so he's just kind of drinking by himself, fucking whatever. She comes barging in and starts barking (laughs) orders at him. It's like, bitch, they saved you. They've been saving you. Okay. Yeah. 
Who one the, the hell the are argument, you? <laughs> one of the arguments she makes is that she's like, oh, you got them into this. You decided to fight. And no, you got them into like, this. You did well, that. No, because he's like, she's like, you had outs. And it's like, yeah, his out was shoving you back out the door. Are you yeah. really berating him for not saving for saving you? It's like, right. oh, you're the option to shove me back out the door, and you did it. So now get off your ass and protect me again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, one of the things I didn't like was the overtop stupidity of the bad guy. It's like, okay, he's trying to get his drugs back because they sold him to somebody, and he was supposed to make money and get out of that town. That was his goal. So when Lizard takes the thing, like Which, they're chasing him, we did we did establish this is Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's so, why Donnie hated so much, probably. <laughs> so like halfway through, these VFW vets have killed like dozens of his guys and the drug addicts. And they come out, the guy comes out and offers him his, the drugs back. He's like, you can have the drugs, just let us go, we're gonna go to a, to a nudie bar, and we're just gonna celebrate our friend's birthday, you can have your drugs back, we all go our separate ways. And the bad guy, who needs the drugs, says no, and he's like, the, if you give us the drug, you give us the drugs and we'll kill you all. Like, that's his negotiate. It's like, okay... Uh, they just kill like you are. Your forces are dwindling greatly. Yeah, you've killed one of these motherfuckers, one, and you're like, nah, I'm not gonna take that deal. I'm just gonna, you're gonna give me the drugs and I'll kill you all. So then he kills that guy. Although that guy does fight like, back. The rest of them are not gonna do that. He does. Yeah, he, does and he fucks up a bunch of them before that. Happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but then, like, even later, when it's even odds, it's five v five, and he's like. Oh, you give me the drugs and I'll kill you all quickly, or you can suffer. And like, it's now five v five. You've killed like three of us, and we've killed literally like your whole fucking army. Yeah, like, yeah, like literally, literally, they were using the bodies as part of the barricade to keep the others out. Like there was enough of the dead bodies. Um, I will say, hands down, probably one of the best overall premises for the movie was the fact that these guys just wanted to go to a teddy bar. That's all. Like they just, that's that, that was what they were. They wanted to do all night was they just wanted to go to the teddy bar and celebrate Fred's (laughs) birthday. And that was like the driving force for some of these. Like one of the guys is like, okay, let's just kill them all. So we can go to the teddy bar. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, he's like, Oh, I'll kill you don't give them to me, and then I'll I'll save I'll save you for last, so you can watch me kill Lizard. <laughs> he looks at her like I know this bitch for like two hours. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it's like I still have a couple good friends standing, and you're gonna tell me I'm gonna miss? I'm gonna watch her die? I don't give a fuck. Um, Devin, I do have a question since you have pointed out a couple other movies that some of these other guys have been in. Yep. Uh, the the vet. I want to say it was Walter. Maybe yep. was his name. Yep, he was the one who drove the big truck at the end after getting uh, no, a chainsaw Walter to the shoulder. Was, Walter was, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's correct. Yep. What other movies was he in? Because he was, he, I for sure recognize him. He was in. Let's see. Let's, 
starting with most recent stuff. Um, also, what's the actor's death, name? He played Death and Bill and Ted face to face. That's what it Okay, yeah, all right. Because I just recently watched Bill and Ted's, the new Bill and Ted movie. Yep. All right. What else has yep. he been in? Uh, let me see. TV series. TV series. Uh, uh, that, what's his face isn't instant the mailman from Cheers, by the way. That that's not the mailman from no, not the mailman. No. That's the other yeah, guy. Yeah, mailman is Cliff. It's Norm. Yeah, yeah that's Norm. Norm. Yeah. Norm was just literally the bar drunk, right? Yeah, uh, he, he was, was just always in a suit. Flash. I don't know what he did for a living, actually. Yeah, he was just always in a suit, and he was yeah. just constantly always at the bar. Yeah, he was in an episode of The Flash. He played uh, he played uh, Simon Stagg. He was in an episode of The Flash. Okay. He was in from Dust to Dawn the series. He's been in a lot of other stuff. He's been a lot. He's more more of a TV actor recently, All so right. it's kind of hard to. Like, I think I just I, I think I did recognize. He played him the, the president movie. in Iron Man three. Um. Okay. Yep. I'm trying to just roll through and see. Yeah, he's been in a lot more TV shows. Now, what about Doug? Doug was the one who got the the axe to the shoulder and died on the bar, right? Yep. Yep. Was he in anything? He was one of the ones that I just did not recognize. I think he was in one of the Crow movies. I just he's been in he he's been in he's been in a few things. So he's been in he's been in Succession the TV series, which I I know from that. But he's been in he's been it was in the new Twin Peaks TV series. He was in he played Charlie in John Wick two. Um, Okay, I think I remember him. He played Charlie in John Wick one and two actually. Um, Let's see, let's see, let's see. He has been in Law and Order. Um, he's been in scrolling, scrolling, scrolling down. He was in, I know he, I think he was in one of the crows. He played Luther in the Warriors. Have you seen the Warriors recently? I have <laughs> not he, necessarily he played Luther. recently, but he, he played Luther in the Warriors. Um, Warriors, he also played Luther in 48 hours. Come on, he played another character named Luther in 48 hours, which I was like, okay, that's just a weird. Real thing. Uh, he played Jerry in Miami Vice. <laughs> never, I never watched Miami Vice. That's fine. That's fine. He played I, in. Uh, he played Jerry Horn in Twin Peaks in the original show Twin Peaks too. Never saw. Uh, Twin Peaks actually pretty good. I like Twin. Peaks. Um. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's he's been in a couple stuff. He's not like in right. a lot of stuff. I feel like he's been in the, maybe. Oh man, poor Norm. Or wait. Hey, Dave, uh, what's his name? Yeah. He was born in Detroit. Shout out to you, dude. Dude that played Doug was born in Detroit. Shout out so, to you. Yeah, I mean, so Rob, unless you have anything else, I mean, that's essentially, the, that was a VFW in a nutshell. That's, it ends, you know, it, it ends with essentially there's a younger vet that came into the bar. He He survives. Fred survives. Lizard survives. And I want to say the black guy survives. Yeah, they thought he was dead. They thought he, he was wakes dead. wakes up at the bar. The bar is like, what says I'm dead? Who says I'm dead? Yeah. And then uh, Fred finds one more brick of that blue drug. And it's presumed that he's going to sell it to rebuild the VFW. So. But yeah, so that's VFW in a nutshell. Uh, as far as recommending... To watch, again, I think I would go the Devin's route of, if you want to, you put it on his background, you know, put it on in the background and while you're doing something. It's not a movie you really need to pay attention to, I don't feel. Um, 
<clears throat> what would you, you know what? what would you rate it? I five. You'd give it a medium five, alright. Yep. What about you? I feel like Devin is wrong. I think everyone should watch Mortal Engines. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, what would you it's rate terrible. this movie? <laughs> I like the Mortal Engines. That's fine that you like it. It's a terrible movie. It's you not can, terrible. People are allowed to like bad movies. Like, like, like Webby likes Life After Beth. Listen. <laughs> I would say I'd probably watch Life After Beth over VFW again. I mean... I would, I would put, I would put, I would watch Life After Beth over VFW again. I would put VFW on in the background before I put Life After Beth on in the back. I would put Life After um, Beth on in the background on mute, so I didn't have to listen to fucking smooth jazz. All right. Anyway, so this movie, for first watch through, I would give it a five. Rewatchability, I would give it like a two or a three. Okay, I'm gonna give this movie probably about a four and rewatchability of like a two. Fair. Once you've seen it, that's all you need to see. <laughs> you don't need to watch yeah. it again. Um. All right, moving on. There's a couple. There's a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Well, I know one thing. Devin, Devin wanted to talk to us about something. Um, I don't have to bring it up, but yeah. But so so bit. after we get before we get into that. I am going to use this as my as, as a platform. We just finished watching uh, John. He he did a <laughs> weekly stream um, where he made a bunch of us in Distractions Media into wrestlers on a wrestling game. I forget which one he was using. I think he was using 2K16, 18? I think he was using 2K18. 19. 19. This is 19 on his stream, right. yeah. Yeah, okay. So he was, he was playing WWE 2K19. He made a bunch of us, and though he claims, you know, he'd always just let the computer fucking play it out and everything, blah blah blah. Tonight, anyway, tonight was the the final, the final DCW event. Uh, this was his final episode that he's going to be doing. He's not streaming this weekly anymore uh, after after tonight. And all he told me on on Monday was that. You know, it's called All or Nothing, and he told me essentially some of the, um, some of the matches that were happening, and all of the belts were on the line, and uh, he told me that SU were the heels. First off, I disagree with that. I don't think we'd be the heels in this in that situation. Nah. Um. Second off, like I said, Kurt, how is Kurt not the heel? Yeah. Second <laughs> you off, you listen to this, Kurt. I know you are. You're the fucking heel, Kurt. Oh, one hundred percent. Yes. Uh, as far as like, oh, well, you guys ran in and interrupted a match here, or you did this over here. Listen, according to John, that's all the computer shit. That that has no reflection on who, what we do. I still don't think even even then I we probably had probable cause to run in and interfere with some shit. Okay? Heels need to be put down. You guys are like super villains, we're superheroes, okay? It's our job. Anyway, as soon as John was like, "Oh yeah, SU are considered the heels," I said, "Oh, so that means we lose all of it. Everything that we were holding on to, all the belts that we had, we're going to lose so that way DCW goes out on top, right?" And, and all week, John's like, I can't say, I can't say, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, you're wrong. You can tell me, you just won't. 
<clears throat> you know, because, you know, he pre-recorded it and he saw the outcome and all this. And so all week I've been going into this with this mentality. And then, uh, you know, when we when we all joined his stream earlier tonight, um, we got to watch the two the two event the two m- matches that had SU members in them. Uh, and I was even telling Rob and Devin, I was like, watch Cat and Cheeky are going to lose. And then that means we're going to lose. And Cat and Cheeky had their match, their, their tornado tag match for the women's championship tag belts. And they lost. And I was like, yep, there we go. Hacks. I call hacks. And then lo and behold, we go in and we have our big four V four match. And SU ultimately loses. Um, I know Kurt is listening, and Kurt, yeah, you didn't get pinned, but you got the fucking shit kicked out of you all match. Uh, even when people, like, <laughs> had opponents in your corner, they opted, instead of doing a corner move to them, they opted to just spear you off the apron. <laughs> They're just like, no, I, fuck you, Kurt. <laughs> I, by the way, didn't get pinned, neither. That's true. <laughs> oh, also, I call bullshit on it being a fucking 20 count? What is that? <laughs> In what wrestling is it ever a twenty I don't count? Because it had been a ten count, me and Kurt would have both been out. Yep. But it was boom, 20. both of you gone. You know, so I I feel I feel there were hacks. I feel things were rigged to make the quote unquote faces go out on top, being the last DCW event. So there, I spoke my mind. Yep, and like I said. I apparently I won the triple crown championship. Didn't bother to pay an SU on it because you knew I wasn't going to be keeping it. Yep. All I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> there were too many little things going into this match that were just off enough. So, yeah, I disagree with all of it. Um, and Kurt, before you get into the whole commenting on on Facebook SU. Or, or Twitter or wherever else about boohoo Webby, why are you crying? Blah blah blah. Because I feel like that might be coming. I openly <laughs> challenge you in real life. I will challenge you, Dave, John, and Goose. I'll feel bad about beating up on Goose, but I'll challenge all four of you to a one v four match, and I'll throw a whoop into all of you. <laughs> okay. I know I can easily beat four guys. Oh, wait, you mean fighting. Oh, Jesus, Rob. Okay, all right, we're moving on. Devin, what was the thing you wanted to talk about? God damn it. I don't know, I, I, I kind of want Rob to finish what he was talking about. No, I'm, I, that's, whew, that threw me for a loop. All right, we should just end the episode. Today, this week's just a short 35-minute episode of SU. I don't, I don't know where to go from here. Um... I don't. I don't even know. Don't. This is the part where we. This is the part where we play our. We play our boy butter sponsor that we don't have. That we don't have this week's yeah. SU uh, wishes. Not to, brought to you by boy butter. Yeah, not brought to you by <laughs> boy butter. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know what boy butter is, go Google it. That's all. Um. God, I. I don't even... What were we talking about? <laughs> Devin. Devin, <laughs> you can talk about your spooky staircase face. It's not... 
No, it's not spooky. I mean, right. okay, no. First off, it is. I sent you the picture. That fucking picture you freaks me you out. You looked at one thing. There are over 3,000 SCPs. Okay. That is not... That's why I told you you're going to be able to pitch this to me and talk to me maybe about some of them that aren't yeah. spooky. Because, like some I said, that was the first one that I saw. Saw the picture <laughs> of it, and it was some face, just this very vague face in the blackness looking down a staircase, and it was just staring back up at you, and it freaked me the fuck out. He sent us the teddy bear one, which you apparently didn't click on because you were so confused by our conversation. That's a true statement. <laughs> yep. Alright, so. SCPs. SCP. Um, I, I guess I'll start uh, the most basic thing possible. So, uh, people who know about what SCPs are, um, uh, SCP is a foundation, the SCP Foundation, um, well, fictional foundation. Um, so, International SCP Foundation. It, I'm just going to kind of go over some of the basic stuff because I'm not jumping into everything. Um, so, SCP, operating clandestine and worldwide, the foundation operates beyond jurisdiction, empowered and entrusted by every major national government with the task of containing anomalous objects, entities, and phenomena. These anomalies pose a significant threat to global security by threatening either physical or psychological harm. Um, introduction, the SP Foundation is a collaborative creative writing platform. Uh, this is like uh, out of meta. <laughs> the meta definition. SP Foundation is a collaborative creative writing platform centering around a fictional foundation, a scientific so, and military organ. Yes. It's kind of like the, the people from the video game Control. Where they have those random like things contained in the building. Yes, there actually like, is a like the refrigerator. You can't just always watch, and you can't not watch the refrigerator. Or it does terrible things. Yes, that's almost exactly like what it's kind of like. Mm. like control. Um, there's also actually an SCP video game. Um, I don't know if it's still in Steam here. There's the SCP Escape Together. Actually, that's not out yet. Um, we could add that to the list next year, Rob, for the uh, horror um, game. Ah, uh, uh, see, it is a horror thing. Well, you they were telling me it's horror. not horror. They <laughs> have. I said they have horror stuff. We got to the list for next one. Um, but anyway, technically, Rob Arnold Control controls is similar to SCP, and it's not horror. Um, so there you go. But anyway. So, SCP Foundation's collaborative creative running platform centered around a fictional foundation, a scientific and military organization that seeks to protect humanity and the status quo by locating and containing an anomalies, objects, life forms, events, locations, concepts, creations, and phenomena that in one way or another violate natural law. On the SCP Wiki, authors tell stories and explore ideas within the urban fantasy science fiction universe, creating rich pieces of writing that take place in a world where the anomalous exist and how people and organizations interact with them. These articles may showcase the different types of phenomena that may exist in the universe or exist in this universe, the SCPs themselves, or tell a comparing narrative about life and interactions within the SCP worlds, Tales Canon, and GOI informants, or GOI formation formats. There we go. I can't talk. Also, by the way, this is, I am reading from a Reddit article because I just needed something to pull everything together so I don't have to, like, skip around a bunch of pages and this article did it pretty well by, um, User Modulum 83. So, there we go. Uh, that's the basis on that. The central focus of SCP Wiki is the SCP file, commonly referred to as just an SCP. It is a set of in-universe uh, in technical documentation supposedly compiled by the Foundation in an effort to understand, analyze, experiment with, and most importantly, excuse me, 
contain the anomaly. The SCP file is an effect uh, is an effect a form of constrained writing and an immersive way to tell a story about the nature and history of the anomalous object or entity, whether directly or by whether directly or by hinting at some greater idea. Each SCP is given a unique serial number or designation, and in the wiki you can browse the SCPs with designation ranging from 001 to 3999. These are, organi- these are organized in the four numerical series. Series 1 covers SCP-001 through SCP-999, which hap- all were created somewhere in the ballpark of 2007 to 2011. You have Series 2, which is SCP-1000 through SCP-1999, which were all created between 2011 and 2013. You have Series 3, which are SCP-2000 all the way to uh, SCP-2999. Um, which was created from 2013 to 2017, and then you have uh, Series 4, which is SCP-3000 through 3999, and I don't think anyone's created any new ones since at this point in time. That could be an incorrect information, but I, yeah, I have not gone through every SCP that ever exists. <laughs> so. Now, are these, well, these are audio yeah. things that you can listen to? No, they're not audio. They're all like actually written down. Some oh. people have like narrated some SCPs in there. Like that first video I mentioned that I was talking about, um, like the three-hour video. It's not specifically SCP, but it is it is kind of takes um it takes like the idea of kind of like a secret facility where you have these these individuals or these entities that are being housed there with powers. And in that article, in that article, in that um that like three-hour thing, which is actually like. Uh, I think a ten-part story broken up, and, but it's all compiled together in the one audio, so you don't have to like go around looking for it. Um, kind of similar to the uh, "I dared my best friend to ruin my life," but in this case, it's you follow you follow the perspective of a security guard, which I'll get to those in like a second. Kind of what would effectively be a um, I think what is it a what's the official term on these guys here? I think what is it not not level D clearance D. What are they called? I always forget what they're called. Sorry. I think they're... Is it D-Class? Yeah, I think it's... It might, might be D-Class, which are basically just like cannon fodder guards that are used to test... test the SCP's like limitations. They're also the random guards. So basically, you're following some random disposable guard, um, and basically, during following an event of at an SCP containment facility, or what would be an SCP containment facility in the story, um, where these creatures are getting out and fighting each other in raging war. And you just have, they all have these very, very strange and unique powers and stuff. And it, it's actually a pretty like interesting. Listen. But, um, so is, so is this something like, some of this sounds like stuff that like that game that we played that John ran for us, like this should have been shit that we, we would be hunting down and, and containing. Yeah. That's like the what game where I played Doc. Yeah. It very easily could have been something like that. hundred percent. All right. But it didn't get out that way. But it could have been something like that. So um instead we just played through events in history. I don't Yes. So, yes. Alright. So think like men in black, but like universal and dimensional and and like dimensional. I have like a couple ideas of some stuff like of different classes of, of SCPs. So like okay. for instance, there's one, two, three, four, five classifications. Um, there are like some subclassifications. There's three main classifications, which are safe. Um, the anomaly can be contained by simply leaving it alone. No special procedures, methods, or events are necessary to keep it from damaging the world. This does not necessarily mean it is not dangerous. A safe class object can be world threatening if not contained, but it's just really easy to contain them. 
Um, so an example of that one is the SCP-993, which is SCP-993. And all these articles are written with like certain things redacted. So I, I would just say like it's redacted. But um, so like SCP-993 is a children's television program entitled Bobbles the Clown. Um, which first began airing in Redacted. SCP-993 seems to have been made in the style of an educational cartoon, with the primary plot of most episodes being the titular character Bobble the Clown, learning a new skill or activity. The program appears to have no supporting cast, and the setting of the program often changes between episodes. SCP-993's anomalous properties become obvious when, when the program is viewed. Anyone watching age 10 years or older will immediately fall unconscious when the program begins, and will remain incapacitated until the program ends. Later reporting a, st a stabbing headache immediately, immediately before blacking out. Children under the age of 10 viewing SCP-993 later report that it teaches and advocates activities such as cannibalism, murder, torture, um, redacted. These activities appear to be ingrained in the subject's mind. Repeat exposure to SCP-993 can result in permanent psychotic and schizophrenic symptoms. Episodes of SCP-993 are regularly broadcast from current unknown sources, but since redacted, all broadcasts have been successfully intercepted using protocol uh, Upsilon Beta 3 and block from public viewing. So that's an idea of like a safe classed uh, SCP. Safe, it's turning kids into cannibals. But it's contained. So it's fine. It's it's easy to contain. They figured out how to do it and it's easy to contain. So it's safe. What about Just the, because what it's about, safe doesn't mean kids, it's not dangerous. What about the kids who had seen it already and it already had long lasting effects on them? They're probably dealt with. My God. Okay. This is. What kind of, yeah. it, uh, dip. So, this is. Remember how I said that there's certain things like. Someone certain, pushed those children down the stairs while we inside. Yes. Yes. So, there's certain. Remember how I said there's uh, SCPs are something I usually will go to for inspiration for like. Devin, running, I, like between Delta this Green. and the goddamn fucking. Whatever you called them, like with the. With the. With the. I challenge my best friend. To yeah, the creepy pastas. Yeah, that was like yeah, all that wasn't like a, with all of this. But I want to just give you a hug, and I just want to tell you everything's right. gonna be okay. Because you listen and read and well, I mean, I've some weird I've, shit. I stared into the void long enough to know everything is gonna be okay. Is a lie. Uh, no, I will make sure everything is okay. I, I'm gonna, man. I love you. I everything should be okay, Devin. It's okay. okay. I know it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. Right. That's a lie. I I hear I listen to you on a daily basis. This you know, happiness is usually not part of that vocabulary. I am happy. I, I bitch a lot, but I'm happy. I would try to help here, but I I play Overwatch for fun, so Yeah, okay. I mean true. I think me and Devin <laughs> Okay, Devin, you, you're right. We need to get an intervention on Rob here. <laughs> definitely, Let's just definitely change the, on the subject. Definitely on the S and M scale, you are far, far, far into the ranges of M. Would Overwatch be considered one of these SCP things? It could be. It really could be. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... But like, so that particular one, like, I would use something so like that. that's a like, safe class. That's a safe class one. That's, I don't but like know. that, but like an idea of something that basically taints children and turns them slowly evil. I have taken an idea like that because of this, and I've used it in like a D and D campaign where you go to this town and there's this fog hanging around the town that 
you know, the adults are all lethargic and the kids slowly are starting to mutate or become, you know, sinister. Um, you know, so I use a lot of this stuff. Your D&D stories are dark. (laughs) You know that. You know I like dark stories. But, like, even in, like, even in something similar to, like, a... Like, if, like, like, for instance, like, this is, like, a great thing for, like, a Delta Green game. Or, like, Call Cthulhu game. But specifically, like, a Delta Green game. Can't you be more like me as a DM and just be, like, every every day is sunshine and but, you can hear the birds chirping? Well, aren't, aren't you currently DMing a game for us where it's literally the apocalypse? <laughs> I, no, <laughs> hold on. Well, yes, but... <laughs> I was also specifically saying this so that way our shadow guest I could get could get a reaction from him. <laughs> Alright, you can continue with your Delta Green story now. <laughs> yeah, I mean but like something like in like a Delta Green game, that'd be great. Like you're like you're like your friendly's brought in and there you're just like, yo, hey look, you know <laughs> your objective is to get this VHS tape. Like a VHS tape got put in rotation and you know, people who view this VHS tape become become psychopathic or whatever you know or they probably won't tell you that they always tell you you know it's a bad time like you people do not need to see this vhs tape but it's gotten circulation your job is to go and get and get this tape back pretty much at all cost and you know and that's like a, it. yeah and that's like a solid hook into like a delta green game and then all the bullshit that happens along the way i will tell you, you know, right now if you because me and me and rob are the only people who have ever played a delta green game from you mm-hmm. um First off, creepy as fuck, that old <laughs> chick in the weird sewer cellar thing. Anyway, if you sent us on a mission to retrieve a VHS tape, and you know we were on our way back after retrieving it, and Rob fell asleep in the hotel room or whatever, if there were a means, I 100% would watch this tape. I would want to know, know what was on it. <laughs> I know you would, and that's what makes it so great. Like, that's why I played the practical guy. That you can to. make a character. You can, and this is the thing. Like, if you know your players, no. See, if Bad. you know your players like that, you can make the game. We're like, okay, you did your objective easily. You're a couple days out from you know where you have to go drop it off. You stay at the hotel. Um, and you can literally let your player walk, walk them, walk themselves into the actual scenario. See, I feel, I feel almost scared for you to DM me in any game because you know me so well, you know exactly what to put where to lure me in. Like you figure even as a player, I would know better. Innocuous and me out of character, I would know better. You will, you will always most of your characters will always be successful with like innocuous mystery. So like if it's a mystery, but it's like it's not a it's not like because I mean if, look go if back I don't to, go back to the veil it, chick. if I don't if I don't thinly veil it as like oh you go by this well and the well is talking to you and slowly talking to you, Webby. What are you gonna do? Like if I don't thinly veil that like no see bad like shit's me happen one hundred percent. I've played Divinity One. Talking wells are dope. <laughs> I would yep. talk to the well. But like the first, the first Delta Green game where we played and we heard the voices down in the thing, we opened up the hatch. I, Rob didn't want to. I did. I, I, I we opened it, up the hatch. You know funny about you know what's funny about it? Though? Throw my lighter down that hatch. You, you know what's really that. funny about it though? I love the fact that the Delta Green book, like, literally just like 
plays it like yeah, you, like your players they're going to open the hatch because mm-hmm. that's just human nature. That, that's going to happen. I mean, that's apparently my flaw. My mine is curiosity. Curiosity. Yes. Curiosity. Like curiosity and that's fine. killed like, Webby every time. <laughs> like you didn't die. You didn't die in that game. Well, I, you know, not yet. we set that thing free into the universe. Whatever. Well, I mean, you know, if we ever go back to that in those characters, I mean, that may still be something that has to get rectified. <laughs> but saying. um. All right. So yeah. So then the next class um, we have uh, of the three main classes is a Usulid class. Um, the anomaly is inherently unpredictable or requires some amount of special effort to be contained. You're not quite sure what will happen if you leave it alone, and it might be a little bit more complex than a safe class, entity, object, or phenomenon. Example of a Usulid class is uh, SCP-1609. Uh, SCP-1609 is at present time a pile of splinters, wood chippings, furniture nails, and scraps of bleached leather and fabric, weighing in total approximately redacted kilograms. The wooden portion of SCP-1609 are made of oak, and the nails are made of steel. SCP-1609 is capable of teleportation, being capable of moving its entire mass instantaneously between two points without any known limits. SCP-1609 usually uses this to bring its, its constituent parts together when parts of SCP-1609 have been removed from the mass. But SCP-1609 can teleport its entire mass at once, or at least one, on one occasion, on uh, at once on at least one occasion at a distance of redacted kilometers. It is four digits, though I will say that um, SCP-1609 is capable of splitting its mass, though it does this rarely. Any amount of material moved from SCP-1609's mass continues to dis- display SCP-1609's properties. SCP-1609 has resisted all attempts to remove it from the confines of storage site eight teleporting back to the site on a, of its own accord. However, it has previously teleported out of the storage site for a brief period before returning, although this has only happened once, as always only happened on redacted occasion, since its arrival in Foundation custody. SCP-1609 appears to be in some way sentient, as research indicates it's able to perceive its environment in a manner that is currently poorly understood, and is able to react to stimuli in an intelligent fashion. Details of SCP-1609's behavior are poorly understood, although it has been ascertained that it will reach in... that it will react in self-preservation or will react aggressively to certain stimuli which it connects with a threat to its existence. Aside from this, SCP-1609 appears to prefer situations in which it is utilized by humans and will actively seek out situations where it can be put to use if, if it's less idle, left idle. It's a long-ass paragraph. Goddamn. So, so this thing can teleport out of containment? Yeah, it can. And it's, so just, it's it, like a pile of wood chips? Wood chips, nails, and it's basically like imagine like a couch, like that's been like put through a wood chipper. How the fuck? How? Like, what does it do? Why? Hold yeah, it why does it want to be? U- how does it get used? Hold on, hold on. Um, so, uh, because actively seek out situation. This is the reason for its foundation's present use. This is the reason of the foundation's present use of SCP sixteen oh nine is mulch. As it prevents SCP-1609 from becoming idle and attempting to leave storage site, storage site eight, it is theorized that SCP-1609 is capable of understanding human speech or thought. Although this cannot be determined, as it does not comply with tests designed to gauge its awareness of such stimuli. I skipped like, like the first paragraph at the top because it was another long paragraph. But I'm not mistaken; it's being used as a mulch in the garden of of storage site eight. Um, so it it it, it has a purpose. So it stays. <laughs> Could you not just napalm it? Uh, it does re- uh, it teleports and it says it reacts violently. It, it's sentient and reacts violently to any known um, 
effectively any known slights against it, it reacts violently. But yeah. Stimuli. Um, when exposed to a number of specific stimuli, SCP-629 will react violently. During a typical violent reaction from SCP-629, it will teleport a portion of its mass inside the lungs of nearby personnel, causing immediate and severe laceration to the inner to the inner interior of the lungs, as well as pulmonary obstruction, which rapidly leads to the victim's death. Stimulus which can instigate a violent reaction from SCP-629 include personnel wearing the uniform or of or clothes similar to the uniform of personnel affiliated with the Global Occult Coalition. Utterance of words or phrases used heavily or exclusively by the GOC operatives, such as threat entity, while in contact with SCP-1609. Any action demonstrating hostility toward SCP-1609 and the sound of, of a running motor. <laughs> Violent responses for SCP-1609 are rare. Only redacted such events have occurred since containment, and SCP-1609 quickly reverts to a passive state after, after such a response if it does not continue to feel threatened. Uh, I'm not going to hear you this whole thing. But I don't, it is currently there. So, yeah, so it's a, it's there's like, there's no way to like destroy any of these SCP things. Like they can some only of them, be contained. some of them some of them have been destroyed, but most of them can be only contained. Like I, there's a class for them that have been destroyed. I'm get that's coming up in a few in a, in a few. Okay. So the last one, which is arguably the most this is where difficult, all the scary ones come in. This is where all the dangerous, really dangerous ones come in. The most difficult uh, class to, I guess, to contain are the Keter class. These SCPs are really difficult to contain, requiring a huge expenditure of resources or extensively complex containment procedures. The most dangerous of phenomena are classes Keter, often but not always posing an existential threat to humanity, the world, or universal structure itself. So, my personal favorite Keter class, although I think my personal favorite Keter class is probably the Fork. But we're not talking about fork, right? Just a regular fork. Because fork I brought that road. up. Hold on, fork CP. I, I believe the fork is a Keter class. He I'm is. So I'm bringing the stuffing with a fork now. SCP SCP dash zero one four dash J. SCP dash zero one four takes the form of an antique dinner fork, well worn and is. And as near as can be estimated, not clean since, 1890, since the 1890s. The object is fashioned from an electroplated nickel silver, typical of the suspected period of its manufacture, and the rightmost tine is bent, redacted, degrees outward. Brown stains and mold adorn the prongs and the pit and the pits of the decorated parts of the handle. Analysis of the material seems to indicate that SCP-014 was last used on some form of beef. Um, SCP-014 was moved to this facility in the early 1970s and seems for all intents and purposes to be an entirely mundane dinner fork. If it is possessed of any extra qualities, these are known only to those in very high echelons of this uh, project coordinators whose representative assure that SCP-014 is, quote, very important. Officers who have spent time alone with SCP-014 are, unanim are unanimous in their appreciation that the object is of great significance and its continued presence at the site, though none can quite say why. Um, and that is literally all it is. It's kind of a meme, but it's kind of funny that it just is kind of a fork of self-importance. So in like D&D terms, Webby, it's a really a mundane item where it's only magical property. Like uh, imagine a mundane item that requires attunement, but it's only magical pr property is that it makes you feel like it's really important. So you always want to have it attuned to you. Hmm, right so it just, take, it just takes up an attunement slide. See, this is why I like SCPs. You come to stuff like this and you figure it out. <laughs> um, but no, but back to my actual favorite uh, favorite 
uh, Keter class. Which, so uh, to explain this Keter, I got to explain SCP-001, which SCP-001 is technically, it is, it is technically only one SCP-001. However, it also is, in order to protect the real identity of SCP-001, they've classified one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, seventeen, six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty. Think thirty-four. They've classified thirty-four other, um, like fake documented SCPs as, as. 001. So 001 has 34 entries. Only one of them is technically real. Um, and and nobody tell, knows which one. Do they one. tell you which one the real one is? They do not. Okay. This is the one I choose to be real because I think it'd be really cool if it existed. Okay. Um, in like a fantasy. So mine is Doctor Kless proposal. Um, SCP 001. It is. It is a both a Keter and a Usulid class. Um, but it's Doctor Kless proposal. Um. So because of the nature of SCP-001, no contained procedures are necessary. 24-7 monitoring of SCP-001 is to take place from a safe 10-kilometer-plus distance from a predetermined location, Site-0. The location of Site-0 is known only to the current SCP administrator and the single and the single overseer-level agent of Abrahamic Faith. Um, designation is uh, 05-14. Assigned to monitor SCP-001 from Site-0. Said agent is authorized to take any action necessary should SCP-001 becomes active and is required to immediately alert the administration and all other overseer-level agents should SCP-001 show any signs, show any change in behavior, as this may constitute the beginning of a Patmos I, XK class end-of-the-world scenario. Um, should SCP-001 become active in any way, personnel are required to immediately consult the Patmos series of emergency orders. Decoding algorithms for emergency order Patmos are to be maintained on site. At on site at site zero in the possession of the designated overseer and are to be transmitted to the SP Foundation offices only in the event of SP001 becoming active. Foundation personnel with vital roles and one or more variant or emergency procedures patmos are to be advised to take the following precautions. One, to maintain good relations with one or more organized Abrahamic faiths. Two, to maintain on hand a supply of the following holy water, a rosary, crucifix, cross, prayer rug, or other symbols blessed by the Abrahamic cleric of bishop or equivalent higher rank copy of Abrahamic scripture, the Torah, Bible, or Quran, and standard emergency supplies in mobile form, a.k.a. a bug-out bag. In case of premillennial rupture scenario, a premillennial rapture scenario, all vital personnel are to designate a secondary operative of non-Abrahamic faith. Said secondary operative is to be informed of the location of the primary designate's copy of the emergency procedures Patmos and yeah, and mimetic kill agent inoculate and is said to be kept unready. There's a lot of big words. Said to be kept unready status to take over the primary duties as necessary to maintain uh, to maintain familiar with all other SCPs involved in possible Patmos XK class end of the world scenarios. Now, the description of Doctor Clef's proposal of SCP-001 is a humanoid entity, approximately 700 cubits in height. A cubit, to give you an idea, is about 18 inches. So, with that being said, 18 times 700. That is 12,600 inches. So that in feet is this thing is about 1,050 feet tall. Okay. So, uh, and to give you, so to give you, that's about three, if I'm not mistaken, that's three and a half football field. Um, 
So he's about three and a half football fields tall. So. Uh, 700 cubits in height. He's located at an undisclosed location near the intersection of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. The following features are known about the entity. A number of luminous, wing-like appendages emerging from the shoulders, backs, temples, ankles, and wrists of the entity. Although an accurate count has never been established, most observers place the number of wings anywhere from 2 through 108, with the mean number being 4. That is all over the place. Okay. <laughs> a weapon, a weapon, possibly a sword or knife, SCP'd, SCP-001-2, the weapon appears to emit flames at temperatures rivaling that of the sun, based on spectrographic analysis. Although there appears to be no destructive effects from the intense heat on the surrounding area, any entity that approaches within one kilometer of SCP-001 is immediately struck by the weapon and obliterated from existence. Any and all hostile actions taken toward SCP-001 have resulted in the annihilation of the attacker, regardless of range. See Incident Report uh, RE Indian Ocean Submarine Missile Experiment, December 26, 2004. SCP-001 appears to be standing with his head bowed in a gesture of supplication with SCP-001-2 held in both hands point uh, point down in front of it. So basically like the knight's post, like kneeling with the sword kind of thing. Right. And it has it, uh, ha- it has another SPC with it? It has, well, it has the sword or the knife, and they refer to that as a separate thing because it seems to function without it. Being. Okay. So, uh, and you may be wondering how this giant Thing size of three fucking football fields hasn't ever been seen. So human beings exposed to SCP-001 report hearing a voice in their head giving them a directive which the subject reports cannot be disobeyed. The most common directive is forget, which results in subjects walking away from SCP-001 with no memory of having encountered it. On a rare occasion, however, other directives have been given. The most famous of these is given to the founder of the founder of the organization, which was Prepare. Which he has uh, he has claimed formed the impetus for founding retract uh, redacted to catalog and contain any and all supernatural and or paranormal artifacts that represent a serious threat to current existence of humanity. This is the organization now known as SCP Foundation. So the uh, according to this file, the SCP founder was basically given the order to prepare, and he built SCP because of that. Um, observers have reported that SP-001 appears to be standing in front of a gate of immense proportions. Long-range photographs have occasionally detected what appears to be a pastoral grove within, containing numerous other entities of the same composition as SP-001, as well as several fruit trees of unknown composition. Of particular note are two fruit trees of immense proportions near what appears to be the center of the grove. One is a note that appears to be an ordinary apple tree, although the other bears are fruit unknown, unknown of Earth, described as expunged. It is a vowel belief that the founder of the gate, which SP guards, may be the gate to expunged, based on correlation of ancient Babylonian texts and the Dead Sea Scroll, in which case one can deduce that the entity known as SP-001 may be expunged. So there you go. Alright, so it's that guarding is. the gates of Eden. Effectively, yep. So you there are other ones of them seen inside. Smaller ones, yep. Or other beans of similar so, composition. Hold on. Now I found one flaw, and it might have just—I might have just misheard you. I want to just clarify something on this particular one. Mm-hmm. It said that if people got within a certain range, they would hear a voice or something, and generally, it would give them the command so, to forget. So, if you've seen it, if 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 you see it from a distance, it will it will a safe distance. So, if you're outside of that one kilometer range. And you see it, you will get. You will more often than not, you will get the command to forget. 
causing you to just turn around and walk away and forget you ever saw it. Now, what, what about the person monitoring it? The person monitoring it is at 10 kilometers away, so that's why they haven't met a safe enough distance, but, I mean, that it cycles through like that. So they're not, they are, they're monitoring at a safe enough distance where this, that's not being the case. That's so why he, he's not getting the forget command. Yeah, they're not getting, they're not, they're not getting the, the forget command because they know it's there. But as, obviously as you try to get in closer to it, it would become, and if you, or if you try to get, if you get past one kilometer in, you get obliterated. Well, <laughs> all right then. You get obliterated from existence. So I mean, another like interesting idea for like now a is this game in, like, in is this actually thing is this is there like a containment thing built around this thing? No, no, no. There, there is. It doesn't move, and it's too big to contain. So they, it, it's just there, and there's really no reason to contain it because anything that would attempt to investigate it further would just get sent away, effectively. Hmm. So <laughs> and it's above ground. It's above ground. Just a giant thing above ground. Huh. And okay. All right. Yep. So, so long to that fucking bastard who got fucking lost and just wandered into that one kilometer range. Yeah, he he's gone. <laughs> he, right. he is so these are these are some insane fucking things. Um, yeah, they're all like insanely insanely crazy. Um, I, will, I will say I like the ones that aren't creepy. Like I said, they're not all like that creepy. One, that one all wasn't bad. Classes. Like I like that. Yeah, one. I'm not gonna dive in the all everything. There are two other classes. So there is the there's the Thamio class, which is possibly the rarest of the classes. Um, it's a very rare object class, only known at the highest level of the foundation in existence. The Thamio classes are also known as the anti Keter class because they are effectively they are effectively only good at containing other SCP. So they contain or counteract other SCPs. So that's kind of and so they're they're actually used by the foundation um to hold some of the more dangerous ketters. Okay. Um and then you have the neutralized class, which uh are just the classes that the for whatever reason or another the object or individual is no longer is no longer not you know anomalous. It's it's lost. It's it's lost. It's anomalous ability. Okay. And so those are the other classes. It just becomes mundane at that point. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's it's. I think it's still like monitored, but it's it's just it's it's it's, it's mundane. Like it's not. It's just kind of stored and, and kept away. But it is mundane. And I'm not gonna dive too much more into because literally this is just like a giant rabbit hole that we can go down for hours. Well. Yeah. Right now. All right. Well, we've hit that hour mark. We're at about an hour and ten, actually. We still got to do a. We got to get in real with Rob. Yeah, and, and, and a life advice with Devin. Devin. So, Rob, what you're getting real with Rob? Uh, my getting real with Rob is that even scientists can sometimes be dumb. So, I was reading. I, I read scientific journals and stuff sometimes. That's how I get all my information. And one person asked a question. Um. Should we uh, make Jupiter into a backup sun? And just reading the question, I'm like, it's not can we, it's should we. And the answer is no. (laughs) Yeah, let's just have Earth wedge between two suns and see how that goes. Uh, Okay, now, hold on, I got a question on this now. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you say the question is, should we? And the answer should be no. Yes. Now, my question is, could we? No. Uh, I mean, at least not in any conceivable way at I mean, the I moment. Could... I mean, in the future, we might be able to figure out, but... The reason I think that we should have enough nukes, but I mean, we would have to build like space. No, it would, it wouldn't, it would just burn off. Like it might burn up a little bit, but the reason why um, Jupiter never ignited into a star, even though it's big enough to, is because it's not dense enough. So we'd somehow have to make it denser, and we don't have the technology to do that. We have to open a black hole in the center of Jupiter. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a momentary singular black hole in the center of Jupiter. Yes, and then we'd have to snuff it out right away, or it would just suck the new sun into it anyway, into the black hole. But but yeah, there's no conceivable reason to do that, so the should is like, no. Because, uh, one, if the sun starts to go, like, if our sun starts to die, like, if you did it now, we would just burn up because we're between two fucking suns, it'd be way too hot. Secondly, uh, if our sun starts to die, and that's the reason you're asking the question... The, the the type of star that our sun is, it'll grow into a red giant first before it burns out. So it would consume the Earth anyway, no matter whether we had a backup star or not. So, basically we gotta eventually get off the planet to continue the human race. So, eventually it's just gonna get super hot. Yeah. Well, I mean, sort of. I mean, as the sun becomes a red giant, it actually cools. So the, it would relatively stay the same until it got really close to us. Hmm. But at some point it would be so close that, yeah, it would be too hot. Even before the Earth is consumed inside the sun, it would burn. All the stuff would burn off. I say if we're going to make another sun, or if we even could, we should do it on the outer outer, outer portions of our galaxy where it's super fucking cold and hopefully find a planet that we could live on over there. Yeah. I mean, there are there are plenty of planets that are, well, that we're pretty sure have. They're pretty sure there's like a couple thousand in the Milky Way alone that we could ha- inhabit. We just have to figure out how to get there. Fucking get your Star Trek buzz on, bro. I mean, the main problem... For getting well, for one thing, it would take us forever. We'd have to like basically either learn better cryostasis, or we'd have to have like generational ships to get that far, because there's no way human life. I mean, it would take us forever just to get out of the sun's heliosphere to to even get to interstellar space. It would take almost, I think it was like forty or fifty years just to get to interstellar space from past. Uh... So we need to learn light speed travel. Yeah, with that would be helpful. But then the problem is interstellar dust. Like, the space isn't empty. There's all sorts of stuff that floats around out there. There's radiation. There's dust that forms planets and stuff. So if you're traveling at the speed of light in a spacecraft, and you hit even, like, a tiny bit of dust, the Things force... going to rip your fucking spaceship in half. Yeah. It's basically every, like, piece of dust you crash into is the force of, basically, a nuclear explosion. So, so we have we... to combat that first. So our technology is a little behind on everything. So you need... For the moment. Sh- we need shields. Yeah, we need we need we need to, need. We need to be be able to put all of our shields at, at the yeah. front of the ship, and then space and then light speed travel. Well, also, yeah, basically, yes. I mean, also shields like the shields. If it was just like shields, how they work in in like Star Trek, 
we would still be hitting the dust. It would still be causing explosions constantly on the shields. So we'd have to have, like, super strong shields that can withstand several nuclear explosions constantly. Or we'd have to find some way of, like, pushing, as we move forward, like, things push stuff out of our way. Almost like a wake. <laughs> well, all right. Do you yes. think they'll achieve that in our lifetime? In our lifetimes, no way. They're, no. All right. But before humanity's wiped out, probably and hopefully. <laughs> <clears throat> they got quite a while yet before that. All right. Unless so something happens to the Earth in the meantime. Like Devin, before. what about some life advice with Devin after that? After that depressing, <laughs> depressing corner um, with Rob, where we're not going to be life advice for Devin is going to be life advice for Devin is going to be probably on Mars or the Moon in our lifetimes. So we will may be able to get off planet, but not out of the solar. Good, we'll have total recall, but we'll never have Star Trek. Peachy. All right, Devin, what was All your right. life advice? My life advice is this. We need to make a hard decision, flip a coin. Why? Because when the coin is in the air, you suddenly know what you're hoping for. Hey. But what if you don't? What if like you literally just don't care? Then it's obvious then you're probably spending too much time worrying about an unimportant. Good point. All right. So now, from now on, all of our decision-making processes go through Devon, and he'll flip a coin for it. Well, no, you got to flip the coin on what you want to happen. No, because I'm the guy in the scenario that just really doesn't care. <clears throat> but that's also my job. No. Yes. No. It has been right, your job what, for far you, too long. It's my turn. If you, if you give me a brick of blue coke that I can start before I make life decisions, then we're good. <laughs> Okay, maybe when we're, you know, 80. That's all I'm saying. Webby, we're going to open up a... We're going to open up a... a bar? An SU bar. An you SU have to bar. Be, no professionals allowed. You have to, No, you, you, you can't be a white-collar worker. You got to just be a blue-collar worker. Just unprofessional. That's right. Just coming in. Full of heels. Down. No faces allowed. No faces allowed. All right. Well, some 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 dumbass is gonna not know wrestling speak. He's gonna show with a mask on his face and be like, "All right, I'm here." I'm the face is a lot, right? Yeah, it's just, and then we're gonna beat him with a fucking bat. Yep. And then we'll hang him. We'll hang him on, on the wall and use him as a dartboard. Anyway, like uh, that's it for us. So, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? <clears throat> Rob is muted, probably because Matilda's speaking. Uh, Devin, where can people find you on the internet? You guys can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie and on Twitch at MrD3. Um, possibly sooner rather than later because I'm debating on doing a playthrough of all the Halos again. There you go. Uh, if I had them, I would play through the campaign with you, but I do not have them. Uh, Rob, are you back yet? I am. I went to the bathroom, sorry. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Confessor underscore X on Twitter and at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. All right. And as always, everybody, thank you 
for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, we love you. You guys can follow me on Twitter at JaxForestWalker, all one word, on Twitch at DMWebby, on Instagram at Patrick.Webster52, and on eBay at Looking for Devin because he wasn't on eBay this week. <gasps> right. Um, so until next time, everybody, fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Now. Ross hates arms. I gotta bring this up to him. <laughs> she he's wants a, them gone. He has an unusual hatred for arms and appendages. Da-da-da. 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 Da-da-da.